Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Level Your Career podcast with Justin and Jerome. I'm Jerome, um, and I am a career coach with a 10-year practice. I live in Palm Springs, California, um, started my business in San Francisco, and I've been a resume writer and career coach for the past 10 years. And um, I work with job seekers, career changers, and people who are looking for an edge in the, in the job market. As you know, if you've listened to our previous podcast, Judson and I actually record this podcast from our homes. It's very low tech. So we're um, sure that you may hear from time to time background noise. And those are just the normal sounds of living in uh, busy neighborhoods. So um, our, our goal is always to offer you great content, practical advice, and the fact that it's low tech is just okay. <laughs> so uh, we welcome you to the podcast today. Today we're going to talk about networking. And with that, I'm going to turn the program over to Judson so he can lead our discussion today. Thank you, Jerome. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're able to tune in with us today. As Jerome mentioned, um, I am Judson Walsh, and I am the founder of Career Path Strategies. And I've been career coaching functionally for almost 10 years now and started my own business about six years ago now, almost seven. <clears throat> and I also work with people who are in job transition, people who are unemployed, underemployed, or perhaps just looking for your next gig. So Jerome and I met each other through networking. <clears throat> and so this is a, a perfect segue into today's topic. We're going to talk about networking. And if you're not working, perhaps not working versus networking, but what I'd like to do is just kind of share with you what we're going to do today. We're going to start with the importance of networking, and we're going to talk about different types of networking, the virtual, the social media side of things, the internal networking if you're currently employed, and the external networking, the where to and perhaps the how to. We're going to be sharing a great deal of information today, so we encourage you to take good notes and listen to the nuggets of knowledge that you can apply to your networking efforts. So with all that said, um, this will be a two-part series for sure, uh, just because there's so much to networking, and we want you to make sure that we share all that information with you so you can actually go out and, and start talking to people. So what I'd like to do is start with a question. Have you ever gotten a job because of who you know? Most of us would answer yes to that question. <clears throat> and so uh, depending on where you are in your career path, I think that we all have a good sense of how important networking really is. So <clears throat> wanted to talk a little bit about that. Were you going to say something, Jerome? Sure. Um, so I have um, recently read uh, one of the latest uh, versions of the book, uh, latest editions of the book, What Color Is Your Parachute, which has sort of been the quintessential job search manual for many years. Uh, Richard Bowles wrote an annual edition. I know he's since passed away. And I think the most recent edition I read was 2015, so it's about five years old. But the statistic really hasn't changed. And the fact of the matter is that only 4% of people will actually get a job by applying for a position online. 
So 4% of people are, you know, will be successful with the job search strategy that most of us use, which is I'm looking online, I'm looking for an ad in the newspaper, I find something that's interesting, I send them my resume, and I pray to God that someone's going to call me and invite me in for an interview. That's 4% effective. The total opposite of the way that employers want to fill a position. So if, if, if an employer has a position that's open, the first thing they're going to do is look within their team, you know, the people they're already work, you know, working with to see if there's somebody they can promote into the position. That's the first. The second would be looking at somebody who maybe has been a temporary associate or somebody who has evidence of, of uh, successful work for the company or can demonstrate their success. Thirdly, Typically, the hiring manager is going to reach out to their team and say, we have an opening to marketing, so a marketing communications person. Do you know of anybody who has experience in that area that you can recommend? So the very last resort is to go with somebody who's applied cool, a resume that they received. So this, I, just this one piece of information really gets at the heart of why networking is so important because people hire other people. And so, um, you know, that's why you want to be out there networking because as, as Judson said, we've all had experiences where we were hired into a position because we knew somebody. Do you have more to say, Judson? <laughs> Did I lose you, Judson? Yep. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and, and, and therein lies the low-tech nature of our show, people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so you missed that beautiful nugget that I just shared with you, but I will say it again. <clears throat> so in terms of the hidden job market, for some, you may not even be familiar with the term hidden job market or that it exists. And the fact that it does, uh, you know, <clears throat> the way I look at the hidden job market is sometimes you look at it and, and what's hidden sometimes is you. Meaning you're not out there, you're not networking, and you're not asking the questions to people within organizations that you've targeted perhaps to understand, oh, they do have a job opening coming soon. Or, or whatever the case may be. So what's hidden sometimes could be you uh, in this hidden jo job market. <clears throat> Another um, one, one thing that I learned when I was working um, for the business news publication was to be able to identify companies that were in growth mode. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it's always valuable to be in the know in terms of what's happening in the marketplace, but tapping in specifically to your own local marketplace and, and reading about companies that maybe you didn't even know existed. But if, for example, you read about a company that just signed a, a new lease in, in, a, in an office building and it mentioned that it was twice the size of its old space, well, that indicates that it's on the grow. And so that's one way of identifying this. 
if you read about a company that just got a second or third round of funding, for example, um, you know, what are they going to do with that money? They're going to use it to grow and, and to hire people. So looking for, you know, dots and then connecting some of those dots is what you can do with local business news and information. So don't overlook that. And uh, I, I would encourage you to look at the business journals uh, on a local level, be reading the Wall Street Journal on a national and global level as well. Right. Anything else you wanted to say about the hidden job market? Yeah, it, well, yeah, I think we could do, and we probably will do an entire podcast on the on the hidden job market. So here's sort of my my take on this: um, all companies are looking for good people, always. Um, and by the time an ad is posted on Indeed.com or whatever job board you're using for your job search, you are now competing with lots of candidates who want the same job. So the hidden job market, when you tap into the hidden job market, it's really about putting yourself in the driver's seat and not even necessarily waiting for the company to post the ad. And as Judson was saying, you can kind of see which companies are maybe in a growth turn uh, by looking at the business times and seeing, you know, who's purchased more real estate and all of those things. But I also think that is, if I were in job search mode, what I would do is I would make a list of 10 companies that I really want to work for. And I would reach out to anyone I could find at those companies to have a conversation. And that's something we're going to be talking about um, here today. But I'm in the driver's seat now. I'm actually targeting the company I want to work for without even knowing if they may have something coming down the, you know, down the road just because I want to put myself out there and make connections. And that's really where the hidden job market um, becomes very, very important. Um, and it's, you know, it's basically saying, here, here are the 10 companies I want to work for, and I'm just going to reach out and see what I can make happen. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> well, I think that we all agree that networking is critical <clears throat> to our professional track. Um, so let's talk about the different types of networking there is because, you know, there's in-person, there's virtual, there's internal networking. Um, but let's start with the virtual and that leads me oftentimes to LinkedIn. Now there's others and social media in general ways to connect with people, of course, but <clears throat> in terms of networking with individuals, I would encourage you to take Jerome's suggestion of the target companies a step further. So, you're, so when you identify companies that you want to work for, you go onto LinkedIn and you type in the company, and oftentimes it'll show here are the employees that work there. And so you can connect with those people on LinkedIn, for example, and it is it sometimes it is a cold call, so to speak. So what I would encourage you to do if you are going down the LinkedIn road is to customize your note to the individual and give a good compelling reason why you should connect. Don't just say, "Hey, I want to be part of your network." Say a little bit more. Uh, <clears throat> and the customizing of your note to me says a lot. Um, I I rarely will you know accept invitations on LinkedIn that aren't customized. So if I were to emphasize anything, I would say always, always, always customize your outreach. 
on LinkedIn. But this right. will allow you to connect with the people that you're uh, that you're targeting, the companies, because what you really want to do is you want to have conversations with these people, and you know it, it's it, it's a great way to connect with these folks. <clears throat> and you get you have nothing to lose. I mean, building your network is is something that will be with you forever, um, right. really throughout your professional career. And as you look at at, at you know companies and and, and the loyalty um, that that employees have to companies and, and vice versa, that loyalty doesn't seem as strong as it once was. And so the loyalty will be to your network, not necessarily to a specific company. So right. with that said, you know your company will be with you throughout your career path. So. It's a, yet another reason to to continue networking always. And when you're working, um, I, I, Jerome and I, we, we both have worked with people who are unemployed. And I can't tell you the number of times I've heard people say, gee, I wish I would have networked more when I was working. So don't yeah, wait. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. Thank you so much for saying that because I read, um, I can't remember where I read it, but I, I, I remember reading something that just really stuck with me and it was that most people start to build their network when it's almost too late and not that it's ever too late to build a network, but we build the network when we need it rather than, as you were saying, being proactive and building your network as a, as a professional who's currently employed because your network is your most valuable resource always. It's your key to, to so many things, just even referrals to a great attorney, you know, or a dentist, <laughs> whatever it happens to be, not just job search. Your network is so, so valuable. Um, one thing I want to say about LinkedIn is if you're not familiar with LinkedIn um, and maybe you have a profile and you haven't used it, my advice to you is to get on LinkedIn and play around with it and get to know the site because it is so valuable. Um, one of the things to do on LinkedIn is to be part of the conversation, right? So it's like Facebook. You go to your homepage and people are posting things. The people you're following are writing articles or posting articles. Comment on those articles. Be a part of the conversation because when you comment now, you're not now you're out there. You're putting yourself out there. Um, if you're following a company on LinkedIn, look at what they're posting. Comment on their on their content. Be a part of the conversation. That I can't say that more strongly. That is absolutely critical. Also. Um, Justin was talking about finding people at the, the companies, your target companies, and connecting with them. I would take that one step further and say go to the search functions on LinkedIn and click on advanced search, I believe, um, or filters, and you can be really specific. So say I want to work for Gap Incorporated. I know that's my target company. And I want to work with somebody who works in visual merchandising. So I can put Gap Incorporated and I can put in as another search term, visual merchandising. And so now I'm even being a little bit uh, more strategic about who I'm reaching out to. So I'm actually reaching out to somebody who potentially has the power to hire me or can introduce me to the person who has the power to hire me. And, and because we're in the same sort of uh, field, we'll speak common language. So it's not quite as much of a cold call. Um, the other thing I would say is if you don't have a premium membership on LinkedIn and you're in job search mode, I would say invest in it because with a premium membership, you have opportunity to send what's called in-mail. So 
Um, InMail allows you to email anybody else on LinkedIn. Um, the only caveat would be is that the person you're sending the message to has to have their settings set up so that they can accept InMail. Um, but that premium membership is valuable for that. But then the second thing is, as you find the people you want to connect with on LinkedIn, find out who else they're connected to. And if you have a, uh, like for instance, if I wanted to meet somebody and I'm not connected to them, but Judson is, I'm going to reach out to Judson and I'm going to say, Judson, can you introduce me to David Smith, who works at Gap Incorporated? I see he, you're connected. And then he can make an introduction and that way it's not it's quite a, a, a cold call. Um, but yeah. LinkedIn is a gold mine in terms of social media. So get online, explore it, look for yeah. YouTube videos about how to use it. Yep. Um, I would also say, you know, from a networking perspective, <clears throat> the introduction uh, approach, of course, I would be happy to write, you know, uh, introduce you, I should say. But what, you, what I would encourage Jerome to do in this scenario is to write a few sentences that I can use in my introduction. And <clears throat> what this does is, first of all, no one knows you like you do, and no one would position you as well as you would. Yeah, but it also makes it easier for me because otherwise I might be like, well, what am I going to say? What do you want me to say? You know, I mean, yeah. are you looking for a job? Are you, you know, w what is the goal and the objective of the of the connectivity? And I think right. that if you can be smart about that and and write it out, make it easier. You know, maybe it's just bullet points for me or whatever, mm -hmm. so I can craft my own message, or I can just take yours and edit it. That will help ensure that it happens. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for saying that because I actually have a story where I had a friend who was moving from Boston to Southern California, needed a gig, and I had connections in Southern California. And so she did exactly that. She gave me bullet points. I sent them. I, I connected her with somebody I knew from staffing, and I said, Sandy, I'd like to in introduce you to my friend um, Camille, who um, I've known for years. We went to high school together. She's a class act. And then I said, Camille describes herself as follows. And I gave those bullet points to her. She called me on the phone, said, I want to talk to Cammy. I think she has, I have a job for her. She's now worked for that company for like three years. <laughs> so it works. Yeah. It yes, works. no, absolutely it does. And, and you know, uh, parenthetically speaking, um, this is just a, a general principle, I would say, or a good rule to follow. As far as your network, do the best you can to keep in touch with people. Don't just reach out when you need something. Um, you know, so you have opportunities through LinkedIn if it's their birthday. Send them a you know a birthday note or an anniversary, and and I would encourage you to to create a core network if you will, and <clears throat> just keep in touch. Hey, how you know how how are things going? How are things with the with the kids or whatever? you want to say, but right. do keep in touch with people because it's, it's just you, sometimes you can tell when people are, are reaching out because they need something. And if that's the right. only time you reach out, you know, it doesn't work in friendships. It doesn't work in relationships. It certainly isn't going to work professionally either. So do the best you can to keep in touch with people. And to that point, I would also say be really willing to help your network as well. So you don't want to just be the person who's asking for help, but also offering help is important. So whenever I ask someone to make a connection, 
I always say, and if there's anyone I can introduce you to, if there's anyone my net, in my network that you would like to meet, please let me know. I would, I would love to be able to make an introduction. And so, um, you know, I was a member of Business Networking International, BNI, and the motto there is giver's gain. And that's totally what networking is about, being open to sharing your connections with others and being open to receiving connections as well. Um, before we get off of um, uh, social media, I just want to talk quickly about Facebook and Twitter. Um, so LinkedIn is the key tool for, uh, for job search and for professional networking. But don't overlook opportunities to network via social, other social media such as Facebook and Twitter um, because you never know who your connections know. So it might be a, a social friend on Facebook who may have a connection to somebody that you don't even know. So my advice is say put it out there. Um, you know, you might say to your uh, Facebook um, people, you might post on Facebook, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of looking at new career opportunities. I'd really love to work in marketing for um, a fashion company. Who do you know who works in fashion? You know, send me a direct message. And it could be that your cousin's best friend works for a fashion company. And without asking, you wouldn't ever have that connection. So don't overlook that. The same thing with Twitter. Um, I had a client that I was coaching when I first started my career as a coach. He worked in D.C. or lived in D.C., hugely into politics, was very active on Twitter. There was a, an internship that he wanted at the Nation magazine. And he was following someone on Twitter, and they eventually were following him back because he was posting really smart content. And so he sent a direct message to this person and said, hey, I've, you know, I've been great. It's been great following your stuff. Can we grab coffee? They set up a coffee appointment. My client mentioned that he was interested in this internship. And the, the gentleman he had coffee with said, oh, I know who's in charge of that internship. Let me make an introduction. And he ended up landing the gig. So, again, it's really about putting yourself out there, being a part of the, the conversation in an organic way, and not being afraid to reach out and ask. Um, do you have anything else to share about social media? No, I think that we've covered that well. We have a lot more content to go over. So yep. I think if we just move on from the virtual networking now to a different type of networking, really more in person, not always, but more so, and that's internal networking. <clears throat> and this, is, this goes back to the comment of people saying, gee, I wish I would have networked more when I was working. The internal networking is, is a great way to navigate and discover opportunities within a company, maybe a different department, especially if it's a large company. How can you continue to network internally? Well, there's a number of ways, and I think um, one, one of the ways that you would want to start the conversation is with your supervisor. Talk to him or her about what your goals are and what advice that person would have and who they could introduce you to because they know people perhaps higher up in the organization that they can introduce you to for, for a discovery conversation. So getting people to work with you internally 
once they know what your goals are. Now, you always have to be careful with that because if you're trying to get out of that person's department, they may or may not be willing to help you. You have to play that really um, sometimes close to the best. But you know your supervisor, and if that supervisor is supporting you in all your efforts and is really hoping that you will succeed and that means moving up in the company, then go for it. But do, do use discretion um, on that approach. I would also say <clears throat> another way to perhaps meet others within the company is to get involved with the volunteer opportunities. Maybe it's a, a Habitat for Humanity where you know, some Saturday or a weekday, you all go out and you meet people from you know, other departments, upstream, downstream, wherever they may be, but you have a shared interest here and a, a wonderful opportunity to meet new people within the company. Along those lines, some companies have like volleyball teams or softball teams. You can get out there and sign up for those and meet more people internally as well. Jerome, do you have any other suggestions on how to build your internal network? Yeah, so just a couple of things. I think one of the things um, that's – so I think what you're talking about is really just the importance of relationships in general, good, positive relationships with the people you're working with and being um, open to opportunity within your own company. And what I would say is, you know, if you're somebody who wants to move through – and this probably goes without saying, but I think it's important to repeat anyway – if you're wanting to move in advancing your company, make sure you're showing up in your excellence all the time, all the time, that you're friendly, that you're doing what's asked of you, that you're a top performer, that you have a good relationship with your supervisor, um, because then they will also, then they're more likely to help you move in advance in your career. Um, secondly, if you can find somebody within the company who's a mentor for you, um, maybe a supervisor, maybe a, a senior and like a senior colleague who's maybe not the supervisor, but, you know, maybe a few steps above you in the, on the corporate ladder who can help you and, and teach you and groom you. I think those kinds of things are always great. Um, internal networking also, um, this is a little bit tricky to do, uh, but thinking like if you know you're wanting a career change and maybe that you're working for a company and you've outgrown the company, there's no room for advancement within the company. Like the next, the next job in the in line would be your supervisor's job, and your supervisor's not going to leave, right? Um, so think about clients and vendors and people that you've touched within your company as potential networking partners um, to help you. You know, people you like if there's a client you've worked with and that you've had a really good relationship with, you want to be really careful because you don't want to burn any bridges. So there's a lot of nuance to this. There's a lot of um, sort of as Justin said, keeping your um, cards close to your vest, you know, playing it close to your vest. You want, but either don't overlook those opportunities uh, to to engage with people and, and maybe have a, a informal conversation. Um, and again, you want to be really careful. You don't want to burn any bridges. Um, you want to make sure that if you if you leave because you've taken a role with a, a client or a vendor or something that you you do so in a way that's really respectful of your current situation. Um, but I think, you know, just being aware that there are lots of people that you touch um, in, in your day-to-day -day work that could be potential opportunities for, for career advancement and career change. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
<clears throat> very good. So let's move on to the external networking. And this is, for some people, very difficult. Um, <clears throat> walking into a room of, of complete strangers is very challenging, or it can be. <clears throat> and if you're an introvert, for example, probably more so. But I think one of the keys on external networking is where are you going and why. <clears throat> and when I say that, if you're, if you're in finance, you're not going to necessarily go to a, a marketing association networking meeting, per se. You're going to want to go to you know, the FEIs, the Financial Executive International, or you know, the Financial Women's Association. <clears throat> so align it with your profession. You don't always have to do this, but this is a good way to um, connect with people right away. <clears throat> because I think the, the, the challenge that some people face is, well, what do I talk about when I'm there? Uh -huh. uh, this gives you that common ground. And, you know, if you're both in finance, well, you'll probably have a lot to talk about. So <clears throat> being very specific and strategically networking, um, there are certainly always opportunities. And one of, the, one of the best ways, perhaps, would be through a professional association. That, that is aligned with your industry or sector. And, the, you know, there's always lunches, there's always uh, events and activities going on within those organizations. So you can certainly be smart about where you're going um, to network with people. <clears throat> and, 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 and especially if you're looking at other companies within that industry, if you will, uh, it, if you're targeting those industries, for example, it's likely that you're going to meet people from those companies at the professional association. So whether it's something you're looking for today or maybe a seed plant for your future, get involved with the professional association and the events that they host. And then when you go and you're talking to people, what I would encourage you to do is ask those who you're networking with what other organizations or groups they're part of or that they know about so that you can identify more networking opportunities that are aligned with your industry. Jerome, right. did you want to comment? No, I think I think what you covered is is you know really very good. Um I think the only thing I would say is um when you're not you want to and I think you might be talking about this a little bit more when we talk about networking plan, but when you're at an event like that, you sort of want to make sure um, that you're engaging with people in a somewhat meaningful way. Um, I remember going to a networking event with um, uh, two of my colleagues when I worked in staffing, and one of them was in sales and the other was our branch manager. And we got to the networking event, and the two of them looked at each other, and they said, let's see who can collect the most business cards. And intuitively, I just thought that seems really silly um, because a business card without a connection is no good, right? And so I was going around and meeting with people. I was a recruiter, so I didn't have the same sort of sales mindset that they had. But so I was meeting with people and having short conversations and sort of engaging in a more meaningful way because I thought that was more valuable than just gathering um, business cards. So, um, so I think it's just, you know, find the people that you connect with and have a, a decent conversation, exchange business cards, and then follow up is key after that. And we'll be talking about that shortly. 
So, but yeah, I think yeah. Uh, professional organizations are great. Chambers of Commerce, where you might meet a, a number of people. Um, job fairs can be good. Um, you know, I just think anywhere you go, you sort of want to have a plan, and I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, otherwise, you'll go and you're not. It won't be a valuable experience. The so planning is critical. We'll be talking about shortly. Right now, <clears throat> tied to this, and this isn't the focus of our talk today, but what do you say when you get there? You know, what's your narrative? What do you talk about? If someone says, "Well, what do you do?" You know, and it's it's known as the elevator speech. Um, call it what you will, but it's it's important that you have. Um, some talking points that you can share with people and you know it's always going to be contextual so if if someone wants to go deeper with you you can but that's when you need to be targeted so for example if someone said you know you, they learn that you're not working or that you're looking and they say well what are you looking for and if you said well i don't know just something in the financial world <clears throat> well that's way too broad and way too vague for them to even help you so when you're able to be very specific on what you're looking for, in Jerome's example earlier, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get on board within the fashion industry with this company or this company in this capacity. That's very specific. And, and then you've given the other people information uh, and fodder, uh, if you will, <clears throat> to be able to help you. So... Someone once said, to be specific is terrific, to be vague is the plague. So be <laughs> as specific great. as possible when you can with the right people. And you'll know when the right time is when you're talking to them. But right. bottom line, you know, make sure that you are able to tell a good story and speak about yourself in, in, in ways that you might similarly on a resume. For some people, it's really hard to toot their own horn, but... Um, I think it's really important that you learn how to do that and to do it well because it's, it's a sales job, right? You, you might not be in sales. You may be a graphic artist, but if you're out looking for a job, you are in sales because you are the product. So it's important that you are able to sell that product. And if you wanted to have a little fun with it, you know, create a little sheet that's features and the benefits, you know, of you. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with that. But to get your mind thinking about how do I talk about myself in a way that will intrigue others and 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 create this interest in me to to learn more about me and how I might fit in with their company. Right. And I think there's something that Barry's mentioning here too. So we've been talking a lot about how you sell yourself, right? What you say about yourself, your elevator pitch, you know, expressing your value to a potential networking partner. The flip side of this, which is very important, is to be a really good listener and to gather as much information as you can about the person to whom you're speaking because that will, will really serve you well later, right? So the more you can learn about the person's career, who they may know, where they've been in the past, how they got where they're at, um, and what they currently do will be really valuable as you're following up with people because then you'll know who they can connect you to. Um, and one of my favorite connections or questions in all of networking is who do you know who? You want to keep that, that question in your back pocket. So I've had a lunch with somebody. We've had a great conversation. I've learned a lot about them. I'm in networking mode. I might say, who else do you know that would be really valuable for me to speak with? 
could you introduce me to that person? Um, and even in a networking event, maybe you've connected with somebody, you're, you've had a great conversation, and you're new. This is my first, you know, I've never been to this, this uh, event before. This is a new organization. Who else should I meet tonight? And ask them to introduce you if you've established a rapport. That happened to me at a networking event uh, one time. Um, and this woman just did it naturally. I went to um, the Golden Gate Business Association in San Francisco, and I was speaking with somebody, and she found out I was a recruiter, and she said, oh, my goodness, you need to meet Ken, who is in charge of the job services um, uh, program at the LGBT center. He's over there. Let me take you over and introduce you. And she did that. So um, meeting somebody who's a connector is awesome. But if they're not naturally a connector, ask them, who else, who, who do you know here that I should meet? And ask them to introduce, to introduce you. Yep. I mean, and you got to ask, you know, I think that that's, that's a real key. Just ask. Because the worst I can mm -hmm. say is, oh, I don't know. But best case scenario, you know, you make a new contact or two uh, as a result of it and, you know, potentially maybe a new job if that's what you're looking for. You just never know where these things are going to go. So, so never. Like, <laughs> you have not because you ask not sometimes. So, right, absolutely. So make sure, you, make, make sure you ask. You've got nothing to lose. Okay. Um, and and I think that, you know, as it relates to before you go to a networking event, I think it's important, and you said this, I'll reiterate it, is to have a plan of some sort. And, you know, how are you going to measure your success at an event? Well, there's no, not always an easy way, but it could be in the number of new connections you made. Um, and as you look at it down the road, how many coffee meetings resulted or lunches or whatever it happens to be. But go in there with a plan and it's 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 so important to have that plan so that you keep yourself on track and and sometimes how that might surface for you is you know I'm trying to meet eight new people or whatever the number is make it realistic but you know you only have a, a certain amount of time so what that could help you do is to move on and exit out of a conversation and that's another you know <laughs> strategy as well, or a tactic, if you will, how do you get out of a conversation? <clears throat> but it's important that you know that you're there and you have limited time. So you're thinking, okay, I'm going to spend a few minutes, five minutes with each person or whatever it be. And that's where you have to have those really good questions to ask. So you can figure out, is this someone you want to follow up with, keep in touch with? Where is it going? That type of thing. So I do have a plan. Any anything any other advice that you would give Jerome before I, you go to a networking event? No, um, no. I think I think we've co covered some really great information there. You know, having a plan, okay. having your elevator pitch ready to go. Make sure you have business cards. You know, simple things like yeah. that. But yeah, I I do have one last thought. And what I would do is, if it's a professional association, for example, <clears throat> and you're able to do a little research on the members or perhaps people who are committee members, they oftentimes are listed on the association's website. What you might want to do is take a look at who the committee members are and what company they work for. So then you have identified a person or people that you'd really like to speak with at that 
professional associations luncheon. So you're targeted in, in terms of who you're looking to meet. And back to your point, Jerome, asking someone, do you know David Smith? You know, I'd like to meet him. Can you introduce me to him? That type right. of thing. So right. it, it, it allows you to, to, to have a focus and an objective going to an event. Right. Great. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> um, now, in terms of networking, um, so that's the external, and we've covered that, I, I think, fairly well, um, and, and where to go. <clears throat> that, that's a real critical component to that. We talked a little bit about crafting your networking message, and I don't know if we need to really go much deeper on that. There's, there's a lot of information on the Internet, of course, about you know, creating and crafting your networking message. So I think that – do you have a – just kind of a down and dirty on that, um, Jerome, so, in terms of – So for an elevator pitch, um, I usually coach my clients for um, three pieces, who you are, um, what you do, what problems you solve, and then thirdly, what you're looking for, what you're asking. Those three pieces um, in an elevator Do you want to say them again? And I think – so who you are – you know, your name, a little bit of your background, what you do, what problems you solve, who you help, and then thirdly, your ask. What are you, what are you wanting to accomplish? Um, I think those three things, and they sort of blend into each other. I think the most critical piece is having an ask where it falls, it falls flat, right? Um, it's like yep. when you send out any marketing, uh, marketing content, you always want to have a call to action. And so you want to make sure your elevator pitch has something that feels like a call to action. But um, 30 seconds, very short and sweet. But, but you can do Google searches on crafting an elevator pitch. And I've even seen websites where you put in your information, you, you know, you type in some stuff and then it creates the pitch for you. So uh, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, so I think, yeah, it's an important piece. It's important to have that and to have it rehearsed. Um, and also to be natural, you don't want it to seem like it's um, completely like you're rehearsing lines, but you want to know what you're going to say to people when you meet them. And for the introvert, this is really helpful because you already know what you're going to say. Um, I'm an introvert and I learn to network and, and maybe in our second session, we can talk a little bit about that. Um, but knowing what you're going to say to people is really helpful if you're going to an event and you know nobody. So um, yep. this is really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit here about while you're at a networking event, because there are some strategies uh, as opposed to just kind of wandering aimlessly necessarily um, on, on connecting with new people. And so, for example, one of the things that I, I have done and I continue to do is I will look for someone who's standing there by themselves. And I just walk up to him and said, "I just sorry, standing here by yourself. Thought I'd introduce myself." And most people are open to that, <clears throat> even if they're on their phone. You know, you can kind of keep a, an eye on it because sometimes people are using their phone as, as like, <clears throat> I'm not sure the best word for it, but it's it's like I'm doing something, you know, and I'm not just standing here by myself, you know, twiddling my thumbs. So they may right. be busy, they might not be, but don't make any assumptions. But I think that if you can go into that. Um, situation 
And it, it would alleviate perhaps some anxiety that they're feeling. They're like, gosh, I'm standing here by myself. No one's talking to me. I, you know, you could, you could change that. And, and then also, um, you know, look for groups of people as opposed to two people. And you have to read the body language always. Two people talking together, they could be having, you know, a, a serious conversation. So it might not be your first stop. If there's three or more, you could just say, hey, may I join your, your conversation? Sure. Just ask. And, and most people are, are very open to that. So you have to kind of look and read the room in terms of who you're looking to connect with. And um, that's, that can be very helpful uh, in terms of moving into a room where, you know, trepidation might, might you might be feeling that. And that's understandable. Right. But, you know, people are there to network. And, and I think for the most part, People are, are very receptive to it. If you just ask, can I join your, your group or your conversation, they're right. pretty open to it. And I think one of the things that has helped me as an introvert is I take a wingman. Like when I'm going to an event and it's like my first time, new networking group, um, I used to always take a good friend who was more of an extrovert than I was. And one of the things that I would say to him is, Andy, if I find myself standing alone and feeling awkward, I will come find you. And you will just introduce me to whomever you're speaking with. And it works really well. And we also, because we were there together, we knew what the other person was looking for. And we listened for openings for somebody else, for the other person. And would introduce one another to people who might be a good networking partner, uh, not necessarily for me, but for him. And so I think that can be really helpful, too, just to sort of have that. You know, if you're an introvert, like somebody that you can you know go stand next to you if you're feeling like oh I'm you know um, feeling kind of awkward um, yep. yeah and 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 I guess what I would suggest too and this is just maybe a personal preference but if you're going to go to an event where there's food and and, and drink um, you know maybe go and go early or get there right on time and eat first so you have hands free. Um, it, it's, it can be really awkward trying to exchange business cards if you have a plate and a glass of wine and, you know, and, yeah. and, and a mouthful of food, right? I mean, it's really yeah. – um, so I would – again, that's maybe just me, but I like to go and, and, and eat first or eat after. And, and this goes without saying, but we will anyway. Don't drink too much, you know, really. It's, right. <laughs> the last right. thing you want to do is come across as this, you know, souse <laughs> that's, you know – <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Net networking with everyone. Hey, you know. So, yeah. well, just, just watch your alcohol. I, I think Pardon? that really speaks to the plan. That speaks to the plan that you're there yeah. to network. You're not there to have hors d'oeuvres and drinks. That's a different event, right? You're there to network. You're there to make connections. And so, make networking the main event. Um, so, I, I think that's really, um, it's really important. Yep, absolutely. Well, I want to be sensitive to our time, and I think we're, yeah, we're coming up on it. Too. Yeah, and I so what we can good. do, um, you know, we'll we'll leave it off here for now, and we'll this is you know we've covered before you network and during the network. We'll start our next session a little bit um, talking about after the networking meeting and how to follow up and 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 some good tips and suggestions to follow up with meaning and significance. 
Um, right. So, and then we're also, yeah, it is. It really is. <clears throat> and um, our plan is to have a guest speaker in our next session that will share that person's perspective on networking as well. There may be a little bit of overlap, but we'll do our best to, to make sure that it's not. And that you'll gain some new insight from, from right. our guest speaker next week. Perfect. Sounds great. So listeners may want to know how to reach us. So if you want to email the podcast, you can do that by um, sending an email to uplevelcareers at gmail.com. That's a shared email box that both Justin and I check uh, frequently. And so if you have questions or suggestions about um, anything that we're doing, suggestions for other topics you'd like us to cover, feedback on what we're doing so far, we would love to hear from you. I'm also really happy to say that our podcast is now available for subscription on iTunes. So you can find us in the iTunes uh, podcast store, and uh, we are working on having uh, the podcast available through other uh, venues as well. Um, If you want to reach me, if you're interested in what I do, you can reach me at Resume Shop Inc., I-N-K, at gmail.com, and my website is the Resume Shop Inc., Dot com and ink is i n k Jetson, how about you share your information yep thank you jerome i can be reached at judson j u d s o n at careerpathstrategies.com and my website is careerpathstrategies.com as well and we are very open to your suggestions uh, as jerome had said any new topics or any challenges you're facing in this process, we'd love to hear what those challenges are so that we can address them and and help you with some solutions on that. With that said, we are so glad that you joined us today. Thank you. Tell your friends about us. We would love to have um, more listeners and, and more suggestions moving forward. So thank you all for being with us today, and have a great week. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.